You're listening to Comedy Central. August 5th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Our guest tonight is one of the stars in the new movie Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Eva Longoria is joining us, everybody. <laughs> also, on tonight's show, humans can officially fly. Wild animals prefer hip-hop. And, of course, we have to talk about the mass shootings that took place this weekend. Now, we're not gonna solve America's gun problems in half an hour, but we'll probably do more than Congress. So, before we get into that, <laughs> let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with something cool. Since the beginning of time, human beings have asked two questions. Is it okay if our pets see us masturbating? And (laughs) can we fly? Now, we'll never know the answer to the first, but the second might now be a yes. A French inventor has successfully flown his hoverboard across the English Channel. Frankie Zapata soared from France to England oh. on his jet-powered board. The 22-mile trip took 22 minutes, including a refueling stop. His first attempt, 10 days earlier, was unsuccessful after he failed to land on a refueling platform. After it was over, an emotional Zapata described his feat as an amazing moment, saying, quote, my dream came <laughs> true. Okay, that is... Amazing. (laughs) Hoverboards are finally real. And I mean legit hoverboards, not that bullshit they sold us in Back to the Future 2. I'm talking real flying. Going from France to England, that is flying. Although if you're a British person who voted for Brexit, this is your worst nightmare. (laughs) Because one minute you're like, we'll have no more of these bloody foreigners coming into England, and now there's just a French dude flying out of the sky. (laughs) He's like, bonjour, I'm here to sleep with your wife. So, this invention is pretty cool, but I'm, I'm not in a rush to get one. Like, it's cool, but it looks uncomfortable, and the whole journey, you're probably covered in bugs. It's like flying Spirit Airlines. <laughs> Spirit Airlines, we're the hoverboard of the sky. <laughs> All right, but let's move on from a triumph of human ingenuity to its total opposites. In Canada over the weekend, there was a real woman who did manage to make her big escape. Billboard reports a Canadian woman walking her dog says she scared away a wild cougar by playing heavy metal band Metallica's Don't Tread on Me. See you, kitty cat. She says she yelled for the cougar to stop, and it did, but it wouldn't leave. So she blasted what she said was the noisiest thing on her phone. Cougar dashed off into the bushes. The woman and her dog were not hurt. Okay, that was insane. (laughs) This woman came face to face with a cougar and then played Metallica on her phone to chase it away. She's lucky that it was that kind of cougar because if it was the other kind of cougar, (laughs) playing Metallica only attracts them. (laughs) That wouldn't have worked. Also, I'm impressed that she had the presence of mind to pick the right song to scare it away, because she said she chose that song. 
Because I won't lie, if a wildcat surprised me in the woods, I'd be so scared, I'd probably just hit random on my phone. It would be some random, like, Shawn Mendes song, you know? <laughs> just be like, I love it when you call me, see? You're it. And then the cat would be like, are we gonna f- Are we gonna... <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> or, or like, I'd, I'd think I'd like play something from the Lion King soundtrack. Yeah, and then the cougar would just be like, wow, Lion King? That is so racist. You think all cats are lions? <laughs> you know what? I was gonna maul you, but you're not worth it, all right? I don't like the taste of bigots. <laughs> I will give you some real advice, though. As an African, I have a lot of experience coming across wild animals. I will give you some advice. You don't need to play loud music, okay? If you ever come across uh, a wild animal, all you have to do is look the cat in the eye and say, Excuse me, I'm conducting a short survey. Would you like to answer that? That cat will be gone. Be like, oh, I'm late for a meeting. Thank you. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Mass shootings. Over the past few years, they have become as regular in America as Star Wars movies. And just like Star Wars movies, people have started paying less and less attention. But this weekend, something happened. The nation mourns the victims of two shooting massacres just 13 hours apart. The massacres in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio happened in startling proximity for a country already too familiar with gun violence. 29 people were killed in the two shooting rampages just 13 hours apart. Yes, in the span of two days, 13 hours in fact, 84 people were shot and currently 31 people have been killed in two deadly mass shootings. And like, even though most of America has gotten used to dealing with mass shootings, having them happen back to back has forced people to take notice. In fact, this weekend's tragedy has garnered so much attention that President Trump couldn't respond with his usual sad tweet. Instead, he had to come out and give a formal address to the nation this morning where he condemned white supremacy and domestic terrorism. Unfortunately, he also offered condolences to the people of Toledo, which is not one of the cities that had a mass shooting. So that was basically the mass shooting equivalent of saying the wrong person's name in bed. But these two tragedies didn't happen in a vacuum. They're part of a rise in mass shootings in recent years. And now, news anchors, pundits, politicians alike, they're all trying to figure out the root cause of what has become a national epidemic. And they've been pinning the blame on a lot of different things, starting with the internet. And on the controversial website 8chan, extremists seem to have found a home. At least three mass shootings this year alone have been announced on the site. The dark corners of the internet, where these people breed hate and and division. The perils of the internet and social media cannot be ignored, and they will not be ignored. We must recognize that the internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds, and perform demented acts. Yes, many people, including the president, are saying that the internet is to blame for radicalizing these domestic terrorists. Because giving them a community and a platform is is helping them share their ideas. It's the same way the internet has given a platform to people who eat laundry detergent, right? Yeah, back in the day, you could only share your feelings with the people at poison control. Now you have a community. (laughs) So now some people are saying we need to tighten regulation of the internet. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, especially after I got catfished last week. 
I thought I was talking to a lonely middle-aged man who needed my social security number. Turns out it was some beautiful woman who wanted to date me. What the hell? <laughs> I get what these people are saying, though. The internet is a powerful tool that can be used to radicalize wannabe mass shooters. You know? Maybe that's why we don't have a mass shooting epidemic in Africa. Our internet is shit and the power keeps cutting. <laughs> yeah. Right now, there's some guy in Nigeria who's like, I want to be radicalized, but this Wi-Fi is so slow. <laughs> You're so lucky this video is buffering, huh? You're so lucky. I'll just have to stick to sending emails. Dear sir, I have lost some money. <laughs> now, while some people argue that this epidemic is being caused by the internet, another argument is that it's something more precise. Because everyone uses the internet in America, but most of these shooters are young white men. And what do young white men all have in common? Video games. The idea of these video games to dehumanize individuals, to um, have a game of shooting individuals and others, I've always felt that as a problem for um, future generations and others. First shooter games would desensitize folks to the violence. When you see it through a screen and you don't relate to it in person, uh, it, it, ma it makes it seem like it's right. more accessible. What's changed in this country? We've always had guns, we've always had evil, but what's changed where we see this rash of shooting? And I, and I see a, uh, a video game industry that, that teaches young people to kill. Okay. On the surface, that sounds like a pretty good argument. America has always had guns. America has always had evil. But mass shootings have only taken off over the past, what, 20 years? And what has been new in the past 20 years? Violent video games. Although by that logic, anything that's been invented in the last 20 years could have contributed to mass shootings. Like Crocs were invented over the last 20 years. <laughs> and I know they inspire anger in me. <laughs> Here's another thing. Here's another thing though. If video games are responsible for shootings, how do you explain countries like South Korea or Japan? They play the same games at a higher rate than the U.S., but neither of these countries have a mass shooting epidemic. The worst thing Japan is dealing with right now is a karaoke epidemic. The only thing getting murdered there is Mariah Carey songs. So some people blame the internet and others say it's video games. But for many, if the president wants to find the real cause of what's happening, he should go and look in the bathroom mirror. The 21-year-old white male said the attack was in response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas, adding that his ideology predates President Trump and that blaming the president would be the equivalency of fake news. This is language the president has used since his campaign began. A lot of people are taking issue with the explosive rhetoric he has used, rhetoric that mirrors the screed written by the El Paso murderer. Just three months ago, this scene at a rally in Panama City Beach, Florida. President Trump at first laughing when a supporter in the crowd suggested shooting immigrants. But how do you stop these people? You can't, there's no... <laughs> That's only in the panhandle you can get away with that statement. Yeah, there might have been a joke at that rally, but clearly there are people out there who could take the president's words seriously. I know it's crazy to take Trump's words seriously, but some people do. In fact, as we've learned, the mass shooter in El Paso left behind a manifesto that included the same phrases Trump uses every day. Fake news, immigrant invasions. Like the only reason you know that it wasn't written by Trump is because the grammar was correct. <laughs> and here's the thing, here's the thing. 
Although there is a chance Donald Trump has emboldened racist mass shooters, we also cannot say that he's the overall cause because there were racist mass shooters before Donald Trump. It's the same way you can't blame stuffed crust pizzas for the obesity epidemic in America. You can't admit that adding a pizza to the edge of a pizza is not gonna help people lose weight, (laughs) but it's not the cause. So some people blame the internet, some say it's video games, others blame President Trump. But the thing we're hearing the most after these mass shootings is that the real cause is all in the head. Mental health is a large contributor to any type of violence or shooting violence. There's so many different factors you don't know. I mean, maybe a child's born with, you know, something, mental illness. This was a sick person. The person in Dayton was a sick person. No politician is to blame for that. You cannot be a white supremacist and be normal in the head. These are sick people. Now, again, this argument sounds completely logical. If someone kills a group of random strangers, they must be mentally ill. But that's not necessarily true. In fact, a majority of mass shooters have no history of mental illness, which is a scary thought, because it means most mass shooters are killing because they want to, not because something went wrong in their brain. So what causes mass shootings? Is it the internet? Is it video games? Is it Trump? Is it mental illness? You know what's sad and frustrating about America is that after every mass shooting, lawmakers want to identify the one thing that causes all mass shootings. And if they can't agree on what that thing is, nothing gets done. But the truth is, when it comes to any individual shooting, the cause could be any one of those factors, if not more. But there's one thing that every mass shooting has in common. Whatever motivated it has to be combined with a gun. We'll be right back. Welcome to The Daily Show, everybody. You guys have been amazing today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming out. I I really am fascinated by some of the conversations people have post-mass shootings in America. One of the more interesting ones for me was um, a tweet that has drawn quite a bit of backlash from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know if you saw this. He he tweeted and said something about mass shootings and was really insensitive and people were so angry that he was trending. And like, if you're trending and there's been two mass shootings, like you (laughs) up. Um, And basically the, the tweet was, it was about like scale or like how we react to, to, to the idea of people dying. He said like in the past 48 hours, the USA horrifically lost 34 people. And then he was talking about like shootings on average. You know, he was saying like across any 48 hours, we also lose 500 people to medical errors. We use 300 people to the flu, 200 to car accidents, 250 to suicide, 40 to homicide. And then he said, often our emotions respond more to spectacle than to data. That's what he said. And then people, you know what I mean? And I like... I get what he was trying to do. Like, he was trying to be, like, science-y in that moment. But first of all, timing. Do you know what I mean? At a funeral is not the time to tell the people that the guy owed you money. That's not the time. <laughs> Let's start with that. But secondly, I feel like it fundamentally missed the... the, 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 the I guess the human element of, of what people are fighting for in America. And that is trying. Because a lot of people were like, yeah, you tell them, Neil. People like to make, you know, mass, mass shootings a big thing in America. A few people die. And I was like, yes. But it's interesting to me how all these other things that people bring up 
still have a country that tries to stop them. Trying is the thing. You know, medical errors happen, but you know what they've done over time? They've tried to decrease medical errors by implementing new laws, new systems, where they go like, maybe the nurse can help and, you know, track what the doctor's doing, the pharmacist can look at your, your, you know, your prescriptions, make sure that you don't have an overdose, things are not left inside your body. They try and decrease the numbers. Same thing with cars. People say they go like, more people are dying in car accidents. We don't ban cars. It's like, yes, but you know what we do? We ban dangerous cars. Over the years, what we've done as, as a society is we've gone like, all right, these cars are not working. You have to have a certain type of car. To get a car, you need a license. You need to go through a process because we just want to minimize the chance of a person dying in a car. We're going to have random stops where they check if you are drunk driving to try and protect people from dying in drunk driving accidents. We try. Speed bumps is the best. Like, people try with speed bumps. <laughs> Do you know, speed bumps is literally just going like, all right, we don't know why people go fast on this road. We don't know how they go fast. We don't know. Maybe it's because it's a cool road. Maybe it's because they're chasing someone. Maybe because they're late. We don't know. What we do know is we're gonna put a speed bump on the road (laughs) just to make it harder to go fast. That's all we're gonna do. And people run to the extremes. You know, they'll be like, oh, after 9-11, 3,000 people died. America didn't ban airplanes. Yeah, but they locked that shit up hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's a little thing called the TSA. Have you flown? (laughs) Have you flown? You can't, like, too much saliva and they tell you to do too much liquid. Go back. (laughs) Spit that shit out. They try. They try harder and harder to make flying safer and safer. And as a flyer, I appreciate it. I go, yes, I understand the shit that I have to go through, but I appreciate the fact that it has become safer. Airlines used to get hijacked all the time. Before, like, terrorist attacks, it was hijacked for anything. Political prisoners would be like, I hijack it. Someone has a hostage situation. People would just do it for a statement. Planes would get hijacked. Then they said, you know what? We're gonna make it harder. We're gonna lock the door. I don't know why that was the thing that had to be invented. (laughs) But they said, we're gonna lock the door. They said, you know what else we're gonna do? We're gonna make it more difficult than ever. We're gonna check your ID. We're gonna... These are the small things. Then they went with the big things. We're gonna bring metal detectors. We're gonna bring things that scan you. We're gonna cup your balls. If need be, (laughs) we will cup your balls. Someone will come and squeeze your balls to make sure that you're not gonna blow some shit up. We're trying. That's, and that, like, that's, that for me has always been like what America is. America tries, man. You just go like, no, we're just gonna keep on trying. It's not about perfect. It's about trying to be more perfect. Do you know what I mean? And that's all I, like, that's all I don't understand about how people argue the guns thing is you go like, you're not saying get rid of guns. You're saying try to minimize the chances of this happening. Try to make it as hard as possible for people to own a gun because you only want people who are willing to work hard to own a gun to own a gun. You only want people who respect a gun to own a gun. You want to make it as hard as possible. That's, that's all it is. And then people always say the same thing to me. They go, Trevor, you just, you don't care about the second amendment, you know? I go like, yes, but the second amendment fundamentally, fundamentally, if you think about it, is about protecting human beings. That's what it was written. It was about protecting human beings. What is the good of writing a law that now protects the guns as opposed to the human beings that it's supposed to protect? Welcome back to The Data Show. My guest tonight is a Golden Globe-nominated actor, producer, and director who stars in the new movie, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Please welcome Eva Longoria. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I As you should. Yeah. If I were you, I would clap for myself every time yeah, I, I enter the room. Why am I clapping? This is I think really it's just the euphoria. Yeah. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. I've missed you. It's been a while since I have seen you, and uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been following you. Not following you like that. Um, <laughs> I watch the things that you do, as yeah. I hope you would hope people do. Yeah. Um, and it's been exciting to see your journey going from, you know, uh, like an actress in television shows, into movies, into producing, into directing, and yeah. now. Dora the Explorer, the movie, The Lost yeah. City of Gold, mm -hmm. uh, has taken you into a, into a new world. Why did you accept this film? Especially considering that you just became a new mom when it happened. Yeah. Like, there's maternity leave, and yeah. then there's a movie. Why would you take the movie? Yeah, it's basically the same. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so relaxing. No, I was. Santi was uh, two months old, and I was breastfeeding, and um, I got the call, and... Uh, I was, and it was filming in Australia. And right, so right, I was right. like, I, I, I can't do this. I, but they... I grew up with Dora, and I... Well, I think I grew up with Dora. Actually, she's only 20 years old, which means I did not grow up with Dora. Right, but you felt Dora's been around <laughs> but, forever, Yeah, it's though. like she's been around forever. I've never, I don't remember a world without Dora the Explorer, and so I was like, I have to do this. And my husband's like, you got to do this. So we went, went to Australia, the whole family, and I was on set, and in the jungle, in the rainforest, that's where we, we shot Dora. But it was important, you know? It's important that we have um, a movie like Dora to represent Latinos in a, in a positive way portrayal. You right. Know? Representation matters. And so when you see something uh, as empowering as Dora, she's, she's a little girl who's smart and brave and fearless and intelligent and, um, and she's Latina and you're like, oh yeah, Latinos are other things that are not synonymous with illegal. You know? Right, right, right. Dora has been yeah. for many people, many generations an, an icon in like traveling, learning languages, yeah. being who she is, you know, teaching English, but at the same time teaching Spanish. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, been, it's been this all-encompassing journey. Did, was she in South Africa? Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah, wow. Dora's everywhere yeah. in the world. Like, just... <laughs> I didn't know that, by the way. I thought she was just a, a Hispanic icon. And then uh, when I got the call, when it was announced I was going to be Dora's mom, my friends from London called, my friend from Germany called, and I go, how do you know who she is? <laughs> and they were like, she's global. She teaches English yes. in other countries, but in the United States, she teaches Spanish. Yeah, so. She's an explorer. That's, yes. that's what I her know, thing is. I know, I know, she, I know, I know. I forgot. She travels the world. I realized that. <laughs> but you're right. She was ahead of her time because she um, encouraged cultural exchange. Yes, she did. And she that really was, did. that's what's so beautiful about her and the movie and the message. And, uh, and I think it's timely. It's important right now. I feel like in many ways, you teaming up with Dora is the perfect, you know, marriage or union because, like, that's in many ways what Eva Longoria has always been about. You were always a boundary breaker. Yeah. You know, you were doing things on TV at a time when many Latina women were, were confined to a certain role or a certain idea of what they were meant to be. And you came in, you broke down stereotypes, ideas, platforms, boundaries, everything. And you've really been, you know, instrumental in driving that change. Why do you think that's important? And, and what do you strive to do in creating a new idea of what Latino people can achieve on screen? Yeah, well, you know, it's true. I, I, I didn't mean to break barriers. I just, I was who I am, but is Mexican-American. Right. I am, I straddle the hyphen. I, I am not, you know, people go, oh, you're half Mexican, half American. I'm like, no, I'm 100% Mexican and 100% American That's at all times. Right. You know, I love enchiladas, but I love burgers and hot dogs. Like, right. you know, I like mariachi, but I like uh, John Legend. So it, it, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, now I'm picturing a... No, no, now I'm picturing a John Legend mariachi, like, yeah. mashup. That's what that's we what should I'm do. That's we exactly should. what I'm picturing we now. We should, but I think, you know, so, so, like, roles or projects that I do just reflect that. You know, I, I'm ninth-generation American. I'm a, I'm a Texican. 
and and in Texas, you know, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. And so oh. it is, I didn't come up with that, but it was good. Well, this is, I've never heard it before, though. <laughs> this is the first time I heard it, so I'm like, damn, all right. <laughs> I should have just dropped the mic. Yeah. <laughs> you should have. That's yeah. a drop the mic moment. Yeah, no, but it's true. There's so many uh, Latinos in the United States who have been here just like me, many, many, many generations. And so, like, like I was saying, in, in the media right now, if you just watch the news, um, it, it just positions us in um, in a bad light and that uh, we haven't made contributions when in reality we have made many contributions to the thread of this country. Right, the conversation in and around Latinos has been defined and restricted to it is only a person crossing the border because yeah. of, and it's illegally, it's never anything successful. It's, it's very seldom all the other stories that come with it. Being from Texas, mm -hmm. you, you are also now in a position where today you know, we're still dealing with what happened over the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, the shooting that took place in El Paso. Yeah. You know, you, you, as you said, you're born and raised in Texas. You, you, you've lived the life of, of being around guns, being mm -hmm. around people who like and respect guns, being around people who don't respect mm -hmm. guns but like them just as much. Mm -hmm. When you look at what happened in El Paso, why it happened, how it happened, as, as, a, as a Texan specifically, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you deal with that? And, and, you know, like, where do you think people can even begin to go after seeing something like this? I mean, it's horrifying. The, the, the reality that it keeps happening is horrifying and, and, and heartbreaking. But I think we're beyond that, oh, you know, thoughts and prayers uh, thing. And, and I think we're getting a little numb to it. You know, I mean, there's two shootings in one weekend. Right. You go, oh, another shooting. You right. get the alert on your phone and we're becoming numb to it. And the reality is these things are are preventable. Some people think, oh, that's inevitable. Who knew that guy was going to go in there and do that? Right. Well, the fact that he, he had access to do that yes. um, is the problem. And I think the fact that our nation's leaders have continued to, uh, to fail us, to, to protect us, is outraging. You should be outraged. They, their fidelity to the NRA or the gun lobby is more valuable than the lives of, Amer of Americans. And that's troubling and that should outrage all of us. And as a Texan, <laughs> I, it, <laughs> as a Texan with a mother who goes to Walmart, <laughs> there have been so many times I drop her off at the door and I go, I'm not going to, mom, you're gonna take too long and, and I'll drop her off at the door. And I went hearing that son's story about, he, he dropped off his mom and he, it wasn't even two minutes and he heard gunshots and when he ran in, his mother was dead. To think that was my mom, to think about that was your mom, you know, and you would go, oh, I wish I could have done something right. before that moment. And, and, you know, we're the only country in the world that has more guns than people. And I think there is a way, I know there's a way to protect the Second Amendment, but not allow it to be a death sentence to thousands of Americans. There's a way to do both. You know what? You, you have a right to be sad, but thank you for bringing joy to us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, the Dora the Explorer tour also has to be about um, gun violence, but I guess in many ways you are now the Dora the Explorer of the message that comes, uh, you know, with the movie. I am always more than happy to talk about anything, any issue that can make this country um, stand up to what, it, what it's meant to be, and, and that's, you know, a place that is welcoming and accepting and protective. And, uh, and right now, I don't think we're, we're doing a good job of that. And I think we have to hold a lot of people accountable for that. Thank you so much for <laughs> Wonderful having you, as always. Dora and the Lost City of Gold opens in theaters August 9th. Eva Longora, everybody.
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.